Hi folks, Richard here from DCBeer.com and the DC Beer Show, letting you know that DC Beer Week kicks off in just about two weeks. From September 8th through September 15th, there will be craft beer events happening all over the District of Columbia every single day. The week kicks off with the DC Beer Week kickoff party. That's Sunday, September 8th from 4 to 9 p.m. at Blue Jacket, where the DC Brewers Guild will be unveiling this year's Solidarity Brew, a German-style Keller beer brewed as a collaboration of many of the brewers here in the District of Columbia. Other exciting events include the DC Total Tap Takeover at Church Key on Tuesday night, 55 DC craft brewed beers, all on tap at Church Key on Tuesday, September 10th. On Friday, DC Brow is taking folks on a poppin' and yacht rockin' sunset cruise on the Potomac. And DCBeer.com is sponsoring Brewers on the Block by Buffalo and Bergen on Saturday, September 14th from 2 to 4 at Union Market. To find out about these and all the events happening during DC Beer Week, go to DCBeerWeek.net and look at at DCBeerWeek on all the social media channels. That's DCBeerWeek.net and at DCBeer for all the events happening during DC Beer Week, September 8th through 15th. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the DC Beer Show. Uh, we got another great episode for you. We're, by we, I mean me and my good friend. Adam. Are out in Columbia, Maryland. Uh, at Hysteria sort of, Brewing. We're at Hysteria Brewing. Uh, we're here talking to Ty Kreiss. Mm-hmm. Hey, guys. How are you? We are very well. Thank you for joining us, Ty. Mm-hmm. We appreciate you doing this. No problem. Um, before I say anything else, no, no. I'm going to hold this. I have something really nice I want to say, and I'm going to hold it. And first, I'm going to tell you, don't forget, dcbeer.com is where you can get the most up-to-date information about everything happening in the craft beer community in the entire DMV, all the way up to Columbia, Maryland, which I know is kind of Baltimore, but we're still covering it. Um, And you can follow us on all. Hey, we've gone to breweries in Baltimore before. We have, and we will again. Yes, we Um, will. Stay tuned for... Should I tell them? Heavy seas. We're going to be yeah, heavy seas. Heavy seas. Yeah, we're excited about that. Anyway, DC Beer, at DC Beer on all the social medias, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Okay, just those social medias. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there are others, but that's it. Okay, let's start talking to Ty Kreis at Hysteria Brewing Company. The nice thing that I wanted to say up front, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, but this is one of the coolest tap rooms I've seen in quite yeah, a while. I appreciate Definitely. it. Yeah, yeah and I, I want to spend some time talking about it, but yeah. let's, let's, let's back up. Let's back up. We're talking to you on, what, second day of August. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're probably listening to this in September sometime. That's the way our production Figures. schedule goes. <laughs> um, but August 31st is your second anniversary. Right, right. So that's got to be really, really exciting. But I want you to tell our listeners what two years ago and beyond that was like. Tell oh, us your God. history. Tell us the history of Hysteria. History of Hysteria Brewing Company. Two, oh, man, two years ago. I can say two years ago, two and a half years ago was probably hell. If you want to, if you want me to describe it, we uh, yeah. were in the middle of building yeah. building this thing out, and um, it, it was just everything that could go wrong went wrong. We were always joking, saying that we should call this this uh, brewery the uh, Murphy's Law uh, Brewery, just because <laughs> I mean, literally everything that could go wrong uh, went wrong. I mean, to the point where we were like, we, we don't know if we're even going to open, and wow. like and like some of us had quit like our 
nice jobs to like come and do this and we were just like holy crap and it was mainly like we had we had a plumber that um we gave it was like twelve thousand dollar not payment to and he uh skipped town left um that was one guy and then we had another person that like did a bunch of like breweries where he said he did he did a bunch of breweries so like you know like doing the whole brew house setup and everything like that so we gave him a down payment of i don't even know how much it was well, he literally left the state and his employees came in like two weeks later and we were like, hey, you guys can start today. And they were like, no, because <laughs> the guy who we work for does. We have no worry. We wouldn't know where he is. Like he's gone. Oh, no. So wow. it was, you know, it was it was it was somewhere like, you know, up of twenty, thirty thousand dollars probably. Wow. That wow. we had lost between like the well, plumber. I was and not expecting that. <laughs> well, I, you wanted to know what happened. That's why I said it was hell. Yeah. So we were like, well, this sucks. And so our, our brew house wasn't set up at all. And um, our our uh, tanks and everything were there, and we have a pilot batch system. The pilot batch system does does uh, two barrels. Our system is a twenty barrel system. So we're like, we have to open. We have to do something. Um, if we don't open, we're not going to have money to do anything because now <laughs> right. we're just like paying for rent and pay because you get a certain time where you you can be in a spot without without paying. And right, then right, right. Well. We're already past that point. Yeah, rent, so rent now, kicked in. Yeah. yeah, rent kicked in and everything else kicked in and there's salaries involved. And uh, the three owners were like, guys, you have to. So like the three owners weren't weren't um, they were like home brewers mm-hmm. and they had uh, money from other other companies they had started. And then they realized they want to start a brewery. So they buy everything and then they're like, we should probably hire some people that know what they're doing because we don't so, know. Wait, wait, wait. I want to I want to pull back on this yeah. for just a second. So. The owners of Hysteria Brewing Company. Are you one? Mm-mm. No. Now I'm director of sales, media, and I used to brew a lot more, but now we actually have an assistant brewer, so I don't have to do that. Right. Thank God, because okay. that was long days. So they hired you, mm-hmm. so the three owners were like, hey, let's start a brewery. Mm-hmm. Let's hire some people who know how to do this. Yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's cool. Yeah. Okay, that's that's yeah. un, that's unusual. That's that's yeah. it's very unusual. Like, it's not it's not the normal uh, story that we no. hear about people starting breweries, which is almost always just they start brewing and I'm a, I, I was a brewer, I was a home brewer, yeah. and then I decided I want to do this for a yep. living. And yeah. either I had money, or I got money, or I went and brewed there, yeah. or something, and now I have a brewery. Um, yeah. But not just like not here. I got some money. Let's start a brewery. Yep. Wow. Okay. So they hired uh, Jordan, they hired- who is our our head brewer. Uh, okay. We both came from Duke Law. Um, so, wait, 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 wait! You came from Duke Claw. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. that's that's what that was. The that's how we that's how we were in the industry before. Right. So Jordan, who is our head brewer, and he's also co-owner now. Mm. Um, after two years, he got some stake in the company. So good. So he's one of the owners. But um, he he started. He's he's uh, flicking me off right now too. Hey Jordan. Hey Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> wave so, to all the <laughs> wave to all the podcast listeners who can't see you at all. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> so. Uh, I saw a posting that said looking for a brewer. And so I hit him up and I was like, hey, man, you should apply for this job because looking for a brewer. So, so he came here and uh, started started uh, just brewing on like the pilot batch system. Because when, when, when we first started, it was literally all the tanks against the wall and just an empty warehouse. Like wow. that was it. Wow. And so um, it, then I got to a time where they were like, we want somebody that can like help us with sales, who can build brands and who can also help with brewing. And so he was like, hey, the guy that got me hired, me. So he right. called me and he was like, "Hey, so it's an I joined here, and so we've been we've been here. Uh, he came a few months before me because we needed somebody to actually start, mm-hmm. you know, brewing. And then once we're at the point where it was like, okay, what are we going to be? Like, like what are we? And then that's when I came on board and then started figuring everything out with 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 Jordan. Um, but yes, yeah, so we right. had to open up. 
Yeah. And uh, the big system wasn't ready. So we, uh, my wife was seven months pregnant at this time or eight months pregnant at this time. She's eight months pregnant now. God, it sucks. <laughs> and uh, so we, um, for us to open up, we had to brew beer, right, but we only right. had the pilot system. Mm-hmm. So we started brewing um, on the pilot system. We were doing 24 hour shifts for, for a two week. Holy well, we're mackerel. brewing 24 hours a day. So, so I would come in with another guy at like 6 a.m. and then brew till like 6 p.m. And then Jordan would come in around 6 p.m. with another guy and then he would brew till 6 a.m. And we did that for two weeks. Wow. On the wow. pilot system. Which is how, how big is two barrels. two barrels. So we had to brew 10 times to fill up one of those, one of those tanks. And wow. we filled up in like, five days. Well, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. well, we just kept on going. Yeah, just kept yeah. on going. We did it for two weeks. We oh literally ran a clock for two weeks. Um, Th- those was, of you who are worried, it's two years later and they're still years, here. Still here. <laughs> because we got the big system up. Turns up. out well. Yeah. 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 So we, we uh, opened up. We did like a soft opening in, in a July, mm-hmm. um, like early July. And we expected probably like a thousand people for the weekend and about eight, five, five to eight thousand people. I can't remember the exact wow. number showed up. Wow. Literally drank us out of beer. We had nothing left wow. and that and it took us 80 hours of continuous brewing to even get that much beer and it was gone in one weekend wow and but, we were just going to open up and do like some like crowlers and growlers to go like occasionally that's what we're going to do and we, we we actually physically didn't have any product to sell after that holy mackerel yeah so how long did it take you to get the actual pr- production brewery part up we actually didn't get that until probably september-ish no uh, i would say august like like uh like a mid-August is when the actual a twenty barrel system was was up and running, and we opened up September second of twenty seventeen. Wow! So the anniversary party is the thirty first because sure. weekend. Yeah, I mean, who wants to be hammered all day on a Monday or a Tuesday? <laughs> well, I mean, lots of people. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. But most people can't. Right. Most people can't right. do that. It's a so different question. That's right? why we're doing it on the thirty first. So yeah. So you opened about two years ago mm-hmm. now. What's changed in the industry since that point? Um, there's more breweries, but we always yeah. we knew that going into it. There's going to be more breweries opening up. I mean, when we opened up, a Black Flag is they're 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 right there. They're they're like a thousand yards behind us right now. Um, it, they were the only ones here for for a while, mm-hmm. well, a year, and then we opened up, and then now Sapwoods opened up, mm-hmm. and then now um, a Reckless Brewing is is about to open up their uh, tap room. Um, wow. and, and they're right next to Frisco. They're, they're a Frisco's brewery. So mm-hmm. the guy who owns Frisco started that brewery. And wow. I worked at Frisco to help start that brewery. And then things were just taking forever. And when these guys were opening up, I was like, okay. So then I left there to, to come here. So I was at Duclaw, went to Frisco to help open Push, which is now Reckless, left there <laughs> to help to, to open this brewery. Holy mackerel, yeah. man. What got you into brewing? Like, where did, okay. So this is a longer conversation. Mm-hmm. How did you get into brewing as a business? Because and yeah. how long have you been in it? I've been in it for I guess seven seven years. Okay, about about that. I, I, yeah. I guess around that. Yeah, maybe yeah, around that. I got into it. Um, I, I was a home brewer. I've been home brewing for for a while, and um, was home more brewing. than seven years. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> longer than that. Yeah, I, I, I guess I've been home brewing since I was like. 23 or 24 i'm 35 now so right. and uh over 10 years yeah so i think i was i was a home brewing and then um i was doing like homework competitions with like local home brewers and i won a couple of awards and then uh i started a beer blog and i started writing for like like other other uh beer a uh, bloggy like like um uh, sites and mm-hmm, then mm-hmm. um i did a a um an article on on a Duclaw when they first came out with Sweet Baby Jesus. Right. I did an article on that, and the first day it got like thirty five hundred retweets. Holy mackerel! And so 
I was always a fan of Duke Law because they're the ones that got me into craft beer. Like that was the very first beer that I remember drinking and and, and being like, holy crap, I don't know beer could taste like this. I, right. re- I remember where I was. I remember where I was sitting. <laughs> I remember what beer it was. And um, it's a Bad Moon Porter, which is their, uh, it's their basic porter. But right. I, I was blown away by it. And um, so I remember always loving Duke Claw. And then I uh, reached out and there's there's two of the owners right there. The guys on the right. The what? super tall guy and the guy on the right. <laughs> wave, wave to the podcast listeners who can't see you at all. Hi guys. <laughs> so we um, so yeah, I did an imposition, and I was always a really big fan of Duclaw, like mm-hmm. on social media and stuff like that. And then um, the owner Dave hit me up and was like, "Hey, I know you want to be in a brewery where we're hiring sales. Do you want to want to uh, send me your resume?" And I was like, nice. "Sure." I sent my resume, and then they uh, call me in, and I always been invited to like all the VIP things already with them. And I went in, and they were like like asked me questions and I was like what is this an interview and they were like yeah I was like I had no idea it was an interview I thought I was just going in to drink <laughs> like I usually do right. yeah and then uh yeah like a week later they they offered me the job and I was I was working at at a dish network I was in charge of all the technicians in Maryland there and, wow um, wow yeah well there was like five or six uh like like managers mm-hmm. and we all were in charge of of these big <laughs> things so we each had our own like a uh, core guys and then if they weren't there then we were in charge of so <laughs> right. depends on like it's manager on duty kind of thing right, but right, right, yeah right. so i left there to do beer wow they, you're not the first person we've spoken to who left that to mm-hmm. do beer <laughs> so whatever that happened to be I mean, adam's yeah. itching yeah. to leave that to do beer isn't he <laughs> aren't you man uh, i keep thinking about it yeah yeah, yeah. i mean beer's fun mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean I, mean, I enjoy home brewing. Yeah. But that's fun. You know. I think my wife would kill me if I take the next step. <laughs> yes, she it. would. <laughs> I know your wife. Yes. She would. I do too. So you also sell your beer in the market in both cans and kegs. How has the market changed since you opened? Well, when we first came came on, we didn't have any any uh, package besides kegs. And I think the market's changed because everything's going towards cans now. I mean, there's there's not really? a lot of bottles anymore. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, bombers are pretty much gone. Gone. Yeah, Unless you're doing, true. you know, like 16.9 ounce, like the 500 milliliters of like something crazy, like a like a barrel aged sour or or something like that. That's the only right. time you see bottles in the market. Um, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, cans keep the sun out. Can't. Yeah, cans keep the sun out and they keep oxygen out better than yeah. than than bottles. And that's the two killers of craft beer. Mm-hmm. Um, the cans are also uh, cheaper to ship too when you're ordering because glass weighs a, a lot. lot more. So yeah. yeah, yeah, I think that cans is just has the past past two three years has has completely like just taken over the industry. I think, which is good. And then uh, mm-hmm. crawlers. Right, are a right. really big thing. They they completely replace growlers because mm-hmm. who wants to have to buy something to fill up something, and who wants to have to bring something into somewhere to get it filled? And you can just walk in and say, "I want that to go," and you walk out with it to go. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we love growlers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're the best thing. I mean, they're they're just great. Like <laughs> I got two growlers from a. I was at a brewery and we were having an event, and they just sort of like they we were pouring from from growlers because we had a lot of beer from a diff, from different places, and they just gave me two. Yeah. To to growlers like glass growlers mm-hmm. of beer to take with me, and I returned them. Yeah, <laughs> I returned the I don't want them. Like I don't yeah. have a place to put these. Yeah. I, I, I drank store. the beer. Yeah, I totally drank the beer. <laughs> but then I was just like, I got. I just, I'm just taking them. Like here you go, it, guys. Sell these to somebody. Yeah, <laughs> like that's the thing too. You can't like with a growler. You can take it to a beach. You can take it on right. a boat. Yeah, yeah, you can yeah, take yeah. it. But a growler, like first of all, when you open it, 
it's it's usually 64 ounces of beer. Right. But you now have to drink. Now you have to drink it. I mean, you can seal it off, sure, but it's not going to be nearly as good it's the never, next day. Yeah. But yeah. then in the Crowler, it's 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 32 ounces. It's two pints. Right. You crack it open, and either you can drink it from the actual can itself or share it with somebody, and right. it's done. It's two years. So, yeah. yeah. So, to me, the market is cans and and a crowler so I've completely changed it. And you guys are now selling cans. You're selling cans out of mm-hmm. the tap room, which mm-hmm. we'll talk about a little bit, uh, the tap room more specifically and what you're doing here. And you want to start moving into distributing cans? Mm-hmm. Is, yeah. Are you doing it yet or we, are you? We do a little bit. So like yeah. when we do our releases here, we, um, we generally can off about, let's say, 100 cases. And then depending on the beer, we'll send out between, between a 10 and 20 uh, cases of that beer. Uh, at the out in the market, but that's for the whole entire state. So there's only 20 cases that actually hit hit the shelves right. in, in the whole state. I mean, we'll, it, like places like downtown Crown will buy three or four off the bat. So mm-hmm. we're we're not widely distributed when it comes to cans at all. Although we did just launch our flagship IPA, which is what you want, and Tipping Point. But what you want was the only one that actually got canned. And I think we sent our distributor. Um, I think it was like 45, 48 cases or something like that. But they sold out in a day. Wow. Um, wow. So, yeah, but now we are going to actively be putting more beer out in the market in, in 12-ounce six-packs when we get the, the additional tax that will be here hopefully in the next two weeks. All right. Yeah, so talk a little bit about that. I mean, right now yeah. you said you have some 20-barrel um, 20 tanks. Yep. And you're getting bigger tanks. Yeah, soon. we have five 20-barrel tanks, and we have a bright tank. And we um, just ordered and and we'll be getting in two 40-barrel tanks, which will increase our capacity by about 85%. Wow. Which is a lot. Yeah, and you're going to do... <laughs> right off the it's bat. almost twice as much. It's yeah. almost <laughs> twice as much in a single day. Wow. wow. Yeah. And you're going to turn a lot of that into cans that a you're putting out the market. A lot of that into cans, yeah, with our, with our tipping point, which is our pale wheat, which is what mm-hmm. you guys are drinking right now. That is what I'm drinking, mm-hmm. and I'm enjoying it um, a little too much. Yeah. There's, there's no such thing. As listeners, you can <laughs> have as much as I already, already told you, you can have as much as you want to drink. So it's really, really good. <laughs> really drinkable. It um, is very good. He has to drive home. I know. You know. Perfect. We're going to have a cold beers. And then uh, what you want, which is our flashback time. guy. What? Actually drive him around? I'm driving him home. Yep. Oh, that sucks. So that's why I like having a pregnant <laughs> wife sometimes. I'm like, hey, you want to go out? She's like, oh, I'm driving again, aren't I? Uh, yeah, you can't drink. You know, I, I never, for I never thought about that. That's that's that. Job. That is yeah. a bonus. That's why I constantly yeah. go to pregnant, so I can just drink all the time. <laughs> <laughs> if, she, if she hears this, she's going to be like, oh, my God. <laughs> but it's true. Sorry, babe. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, all right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to his wife, too, yeah, um, for laughing <laughs> at you about this. All right. So let's talk a little bit about the beer. Um, we're drinking Tipping Point, which is sort of your flagship mm-hmm. pale, uh, pale wheat yep, pale ale. Wheat. Uh, it's very, very delicious. But I want, I want to step back a little bit and talk about how you describe or how Hysteria more specifically describes your beer you talk about bold, flavorful mm-hmm. beers. So tell me what you mean by that. Tell me what Hysteria is really going for. Yeah. So if we put something on a label and say it's going to have this flavor, you're not going to search for it. Refuse to be that kind of brewery where you're like, I guess I can taste peach tartness. No, it's going to have peaches <laughs> in it. You're going to be like, holy F, either it's going to be too much or it's just enough. Like that's 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 what it means to be 
bold flavor. And to so me, did, didn't you didn't you recently get dinged on Untapped for having a juicy IPA that somebody said was too juicy? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> All right, that's we, what you it, mean by yeah, bold. <laughs> yeah, and and like and, and there is no juice in it. It's literally the hops. Like I'm sorry <laughs> that these hops give got off these amazing flavors, but yeah, like we got dinged on it because our juicy IPA was too juicy. So crazy. That's bold. That's I mean I guess that's bold too. Yeah, yeah. I'm fine. Going back to change, which I guess is what I've been asking a lot about. Mm. Has your product changed a lot yeah. since you opened mm. to now? Yeah. So when we first opened, like I was saying, we we're brewing on that two barrel system. Obviously, brewing two barrels at a time, 20 barrels at a time is, is going to change your product. Um, it changed it for the better. We actually didn't realize this, but we had issues in the two barrel system. Two barrel system is an electric system, so it has the heating elements inside of there. Because we we're brewing so much, this thing was supposed to be a pilot system, not right, right. run a brewery on it, <laughs> a, a, a brewery at this size. It's not meant to do that. And we knew that. And we, we, we have pushed the thing to its limits and then some. And we, we started getting people saying that our beer started tasting smoky or burnt. And oh. what was wrong with it? Well, the heating elements actually started to get the, you know, beer would stick to it. Mm-hmm. And then when it turned on, it, it would caramelize, but then burn inside uh. of the beer. We had no <laughs> idea because it took us. It took a few weeks for those flavors to actually come out. So it, so we ended up dumping a lot of beer at first. But when we got our big system up and running, it's a, it's a steam jacketed system. So there's there's no element touching the beer whatsoever. Right. Yeah, yeah. So and then and then just tweaking it and brewing something more often than once will let you brew better beer. So, the, yeah, I mean, the beer is sure. way better than it ever has been because we actually get to brew in a system where you can brew on it all the time and don't have to worry about stupid things like that. <laughs> Right. Well, that's good. Yeah, thanks. Now, one other thing on your website is you talk about ever-evolving techniques and mm-hmm. continual experimentation. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Um, the the in thing right now is hazy IPAs. Is it? Yeah, you know what? <laughs> I haven't noticed some that. People, yeah. Some people will say it is. So hazy IPAs, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, look, you guys tried a nuisance scoot and juicing today. Yeah. And how hazy was that? Super hazy. I didn't I'm gonna bore you more and then smack you in the face for saying that. Really? Yeah, you can't yeah. see through it. How was that not hazy? Look, I mean, I didn't say it wasn't hazy. I said it wasn't super hazy. Like I've seen much, like beers that like. Oh, you mean that it's actual yeast in a glass? Yeah. I actually did post a photo of <laughs> yeast in a glass instead of like, releasing it. Like I had, I was in. I was. <laughs> we had a lot of comments I, on that one. I swear to God, I was in in Little Rock, Arkansas, probably. Th- three months ago visiting a really good friend of mine and we went to a bar we were just picking up dinner for the family like it wasn't we weren't at a brewery or anything but we just went to a bar and ordered a beer that was some sort of milk something Mm -hmm. and it literally looked like a vanilla milkshake was it an ipa though i can't remember i just remember i couldn't drink it hey jeff pour me a a a glass of noose and scootin yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm getting schooled. Richard is getting schooled on his own podcast. Yes. <laughs> Good. About a hazy IPA. Yeah. Now, I will tell you, I really enjoyed okay. yeah. Newton Scootin'. Like, Good. it wasn't a, like, I'm not dissing it at oh, all. It was no, delicious. I just, I just it, on, on the scale of hazy, <laughs> yeah. I thought it was like a decent, it wasn't extreme haze. Why are we even talking about this? Because what we're talking it? about uh, <laughs> how we push the envelope on, on uh, ever-evolving uh, techniques. On ever-evolving yeah. techniques. So here's the cool thing about beer is that everybody makes beer. Yeah. And like, just like everybody has a podcast. Yeah, everybody has a podcast. <laughs> everybody does. But the cool thing about us is that we can brew this exact beer that looks like that 
Go grab it. Let's drink it. Yeah, yeah. All right, I've been scold. That is hazy as fuck. <laughs> that is that is super hazy. That is totally. We were just drinking out of a little taster yeah. thing. Yeah. So so so. But yeah, looking at a full pour of that, like it's dark. It's like the it's like looking at the moon. And there's we're we're sitting by a huge window right now, and there's sun coming through that window, and there's a sunny side, and then there's the dark side, and there's no light coming through that glass. Yeah. That is like dark. <laughs> you can't see my hands at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm schooled. I'm sorry. Take you that. You're absolutely right. Take Say that. the name of this it's beer like again. Juice. Say the name of this beer again. This one is Nusen Scootin' Juicin. And that is a hazy, hazy IPA. It's like mean, a glass of orange juice. We just call it an American IPA. Why? Why do you call it an American IPA? Because and not hazy IPA? a hazy IPA, I think, because all, all they are are American IPAs. That Why are, not that New England hazy. IPA? Because Do you have something I don't against think New any, England. No, I love New England. <laughs> this is a New England type. I'm from New England. Oh, so. are you? Oh, well, screw you. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. We're losing track of the show here, kids. Let's Sorry. bring it all back in for the listeners. <laughs> so, yeah, the reason why that we don't call things like uh, Nipos or anything like that is right. because that the a style is still so loose when it comes to what what the terminology is. Mm-hmm. Whereas our beer, even though it can be considered a, a Nipa. People might compare it to, you know, like the veil and be like, well, it doesn't taste like that. So it can't be because that's what they're known for. Oh, right. So but still the veil doesn't call theirs a NEPA and, and like Trillium doesn't call theirs New England IPAs. They call them American IPAs because that's what they are. They're, right. they're American that's IPAs fair. that we make hazy and juicy. So yeah. that's why it's that. So uh, as far as like ever evolving techniques, keeping haze is very tough to do. If you're a, a good brewer, haze will drop out. Everyone mm-hmm. in the state of Maryland, almost almost everyone I can possibly think of who who is a brewer for a brewery is a very good brewer. That being said, it's tough to keep in haze because they brew it correctly. Right. So you can do a clear IPA very easily. Holding in haze is tough. But the day that the haze goes away, we change up our water profile, and then we can make this clear if we wanted to. Really? Yeah. So it's it's the, it's the water profile it's really water that's profile. helping that's helping yeah. you hold the haze, and it's. Tons of of a test batching and different types of water profiles, different dry hopping techniques. It's all the same. Like, so you asked about does haze come from dry hops? Yes, but it also has to do with the water profile to hold in the uh, like different proteins and, right. and the dry hop schedule. You have to have all that. You can keep haze for you know a few weeks. We opened up a, a thing of ten six, which is our triple IPA that was hazy. We opened it up six months after, and it poured that. Wow. And a lot of a lot of people can't do that. So we kind of take pride on really pushing the envelope when it comes to stuff like that. Okay. I'm going to take this conversation back to where I started because uh, we're getting close to the end of the episode. And uh, we've talked about the beer. That is a really great hazy IPA. Thank I you. just took another big yeah. swig. Uh, the Pale Wheat Ale, the tipping point, is really, really fantastic. So there's a lot of good beer here. The best place to get it. Is always in the tap room. Always, you're never going to get fresher beer than you're going to get uh, in the tap room. And and I want to talk about this tap room because I think what you guys have done for a tap room, which is in a brewery in an office park, mm-hmm. like most every other brewery yeah. is, yeah. Um, which which is a hard space to make a really really comfortable tap yeah, it's room. It's tough right? to turn something that's a warehouse mindset into a place you can go and enjoy yourself that's different than yeah, everybody else. It's, it's concrete walls. It's concrete yep. floors. Yep. It's high ceilings with everything exposed. But you guys have made this incredibly comfortable. Um, so for our listeners, this is a podcast. It's hard to, it's hard to really ex- explain this all. We'll have pictures uh, at dcbeer.com. 
for the show, but you've got this, you've got this gorgeous bookshelf, mm-hmm. um, a lovely, comfortable, padded seating area that is clearly, one could call it antique furniture, but it's it's like thrift store furniture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was all custom built, too. Wow. <laughs> Believe it or not, it was, it was built to look like that. <laughs> I, I don't believe you. No, I swear to God. I swear to God. No, that chair was made to look like... Oh, like the oh the seat. I was talking about the table and like the, uh, the around okay, thing. Okay, so yeah, I want to get to the round yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. So there's this beautiful seated area that's basically in what I will describe as a, cross, a, a small cross-section of a barrel, mm-hmm. which was with the intent. We Maybe. just, sure. we just yeah. <laughs> wanted it to look cool. It does look cool. It does look cool. There's a lot above. But yes, it does look like a giant bird. But everything is very much... I mean, the, the stuff that's built calls... Okay, so there's a coffee table, and that was clearly custom-made. And, and the wall seating, which are like benches, mm-hmm. um, was clearly custom made mm-hmm. to look old. Yep. And there's a sofa and an armchair. That's that 100% are, from a thrift and store. And an old that are 100% radio. Yeah. yeah, there's and, an old there's an old radio. Yeah, and for those there's of us record player, like who 1950s. are of an age as me and Richard, we remember a time before the internet. There is a World Book Encyclopedia yeah, there and is. Encyclopedia and, Britannica. Yeah. Encyclopedia Britannica. I could spend all day. Every this is what I so. grew up with. Yeah, I still yeah. don't believe. You. Yeah, you, I, yeah, yeah. I didn't do that. But no, I mean, I didn't, like that's like yeah, I, I, I would literally sit here and drink beer and just read, yeah. flip through yeah. Encyclopedia Britannica. And it's um, cool. We actually we actually do like do like book clubs and stuff like that that do come in and we 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 have people that like chill right here and they read books together. And it's wow. cool. That's nice. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. And the bar. Okay, so let's get to the bar, mm-hmm. uh, which is the, I think, the always the center point of a tap room yep. and the most important space. Um, your bar is. Uh, it's in the brewery. It's it, it's it looks like it's an extension of the brewery. Yep. It's not technically in the brewery. I mean, every, I mean it's all part of the brewery, but it, it looks like an extension. And the, the yeah. tops of the bar are really nicely mm-hmm. uh, lacquered wood. Yeah. It's just beautiful. All yeah, the chairs pretty. are gorgeous. There's these huge, big tables. So are the tables all custom made? Yeah. So it, when I was saying everything was custom made besides the... Uh, besides the thrift the, store the, sofa the, and the, armchair. Yeah. But everything else uh, looks custom. Everything else is custom made. So we uh, have have um, uh, these 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 guys. And I always remember it's a it's a number. I have to look them up. And I feel so bad when I forget. It's it's a number. It's like 40. I'm pretty sure it's 4308 design mm-hmm. that I did it. They also did Lost Ark, which is a distillery that's right next to us. Right next to Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did them, and then we liked it so much, they came and did ours. But like the, the TV with the clock, like the thing up there yeah. that's behind the bar, they actually custom built that. They uh, did the, the bar. They did all the tables. It's um, beautiful it, work. It, it's I really, mean, it really, really is gorgeous really is. in here. We wanted to make it seem like you were going over your friend's basement and having a beer. You, you did you not chill. succeed. Yeah, you made it seem like it's a really freaking cool place to come drink. Beer. Well, there's that too. <laughs> I mean, yeah. we, um, well, it's funny too because, but, I'm, but actually, uh, this area. I'm sorry, the, the area where the where the where yeah. the benches are, oh, and right, the right, right. Is, and the bookshelf. Yeah, that's totally like hanging out in somebody's parents' that's, yeah, basement. Yeah, we're just chilling, yes, just sitting against totally something. like yeah. the parents move the old. Yep. You move the old furniture to the basement. That's, that's where the is, kids hang exactly. out. And, the, all the old sh- uh, books are on the shelf and the games and yeah. stuff. And then you um, have your more of your standard bar. tap room space bar. Yeah. yeah. No, but it's gorgeous. And it's, it, there's an enormous amount of seating in here. Mm-hmm. Like it's this, I was, I was shocked at how much room there is. Um, and here's a bonus for all of you tap room regulars. Uh, there are two sets of bathrooms. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> two sets. And they're, they're, that there's, is a there's big four bathrooms bonus. and they're all unisex. So there's yeah. if you got to pee, just just go. Like there's, <laughs> you don't have to wait in anybody's line. Like just right. yeah. So we and that's the thing too. Like we did that on purpose, and really because like 
why why wait when there's another bathroom open? Right. Yeah, and yeah, 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 so yeah. it's just like just make them all unisex and just and go. And we we have a have a diaper changing station that's in there. Of course, I do. I made that happen because again when we opened up, my wife when we first, when we opened up September, my uh, son was 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 born in mid September. We opened up September second. Wow. And I was thinking. Man, if my wife's gonna come in here and I'm working and she wants to come in and hang out, she has to be able to change the baby. Yeah. So I was like, we just had to put a, a diaper changing station. So one of the bathrooms has that. Surprisingly, that thing was really really expensive. Really? Well, because they have to have like like a, like an antimicrobial uh, finishes oh, on it, yeah, which I didn't yeah, realize. Yeah. And I was like, what? It's like three or four hundred dollars for a thing that hangs on the wall. All right, but yeah, still, so I was like, your but, wife could come hang out. Yeah, she can come out. And for us too, like we we like being known as like the family friendly. Brewery that you can bring your dogs in. Dog friendly, in. family friendly. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh gosh, we've had a great time here, and I could probably keep talking about this forever, but I don't think anybody wants to listen to me. Keep we can keep on drinking after we're done. <laughs> right. Exactly. So you don't want to do listen that. to me keep drinking, do you, <laughs> listener? Um, but you should come drinking. At we'll get Hysteria. even farther off topic. <laughs> it would totally will happen. You should come drinking at Hysteria Brewing Company in columbia maryland we've had a great time Appreciate ty thank you so much no problem it's always yeah, a i think every beer we drank has been amazing oh, it's been you. really really fantastic uh places places is really really comfortable uh the hospitality is fantastic uh okay so wrapping up the show make sure that you are always going to dcbeer.com to get all the information about everything happening in the dc metro area all the way up to columbia maryland where we are today and baltimore yeah, we the show come we we cover Baltimore in the show the site yes. dcbeer.com does not cover Baltimore breweries. We leave it at to Baltimore. Also, I will say this. I mean, if you do want to find out about uh, great breweries in Baltimore, the Eastern Shore, um, we cover up to up to about Frederick. But any of the other breweries, you can always go to Maryland Craft Beer at mdcraftbeer.net. Uh, they cover all the breweries in Maryland, uh, and that's a great place to go. But Thank you again, Ty, for letting us come here to Hysteria. And all you listeners, please come back to DCBeer.com, the DC Beer Show, and at DCBeer on all the social medias. And remember, always drink great beer.